You guys, we have such an exciting announcement to share with you today. Yes, starting today, February 10th, and going through February 24th, we have a special gift when you join us over on Patreon. Patreon! Yes! Okay, so this special yes. gift is for your mind, body, and spirit. And spirit. The gift for your mind is a printed journal prompt. Mm. The gift for your body is a face mask, of course. Go ahead and pamper yourself, girl. Self-care, self-love. Yes. I love it. And then for your spirit, we have the cutest. Oh, my gosh. You guys, I'm holding them in my hand right now. It's adorable. Oh, my gosh. A little lapel pin with our logo on it. Our new logo that we love so much. It's so cute. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. And the reason why this is part of our spirit is it's a reminder that you are a part of a community, somebody, a tribe, someone to turn to, to feed your soul and connection. Yes. A group of people cheering you on Mm. and helping you become your best self. Every step of the way. Yes. So this gift is available to you when you join us on Patreon. So why Patreon? Well, we talked about that. Our podcast is always going to be free, and Patreon is a way for you to further deepen your community with us. Yeah, so we have extra and exclusive content. So this is things like access to our journal prompts and Mm. our actual journal entries. Guided tutorials, breath work. Yes, quarterly meet and greets, Mm. and a place like a one-stop shop for you to be able to connect with us. There's a lot that goes on in between each episode, Mm -hmm. and Patreon is a place where you can get more than just our conversation, and you can give us feedback and insight on all our episodes. And love and support. Yes. We love it. Support your girls. So all you got to do is click the link in our show notes, and it will take you to our Patreon page. You can choose which tier works best for you, and if you do that before February 24th, we're going to send you a special little gift. In the mail. In the mail, you guys. It's going to come to your door like, hello, we love you. Like a little gift from us. Yes. We really want to say thank you for taking care of us, and so we want to take care of you. All right. Now, for your regularly scheduled episode today... This is a conversation of Shelby and I sitting down to talk with our friend Chelsea. Who is amazing and shares so many tools and insights for you. Yeah, like literally I felt like we were taking notes as she was talking. Like, oh my gosh, I need to implement this in my life. I have thought about our recording with Chelsea, which happened, what, two weeks ago? And it has impacted me quite a bit. So we are so excited for you to listen. Yeah, so please enjoy our conversation with Chelsea. Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy. And I'm Shelves. And we hope you guys can totally relate. From the first moment of knowing you, you have this energy or this demeanor. Like you... You seem, and I don't know, I'm making assumptions here, but you seem very confident and you seem very calm. And like, you seem like, it's okay. I'm here. Like, I can take the wheel. Like, I don't know. You you give this feeling of natural leadership. Mm. Do you feel that in yourself or is it surprising you to hear someone say that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Truthfully, it's a little surprising sometimes to be told that I have a calm demeanor and it, <laughs> which is interesting because I do get that a yeah. lot of times, but I feel yeah. like a constant kind of tug of war going on on the inside. Yeah. So um, I do feel naturally inclined to leadership, which I'm just saying I simply like to go to the front of the line. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I like to say this is how we're going to be doing things. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I struggle with confidence sometimes I do and um but it's something that has pulled my focus and my attention to so that I'm working on it and that's probably why on the outside looking in it looks like that Mm -hmm. because on the inside the things you just listed right confidence calmness Mm -hmm. um those two things are things internally that I feel like I struggle with so I really focus in on them yeah 
which could be why it's perceived that way that yeah did I am those well I wonder is there something maybe that's a little bit deeper and a little bit stronger that so let's say we're in a situation and you naturally rise to like this leadership level is it because of maybe a deeper drive for fairness or encouragement or like is there something that you feel stronger than maybe a lack of confidence and so you're willing to put yourself out there even though you're not confident there's something bigger that's like no we got this we can do this follow me I'll show you how oh yeah it it I think it comes down to commitment okay Mm. um so commitment precedes confidence Mm -hmm. for sure it it precedes courage uh, and capability too so having the commitment to be committed to an outcome or committed to here's where we want to go, whether it be in a relationship or with a team or with people. Yeah. It's having that commitment to the outcome, even though I might not feel confident about it, even though I might not feel capable or even have the courage quite yet to do it. I can make the decision to be committed to the outcome. And once that's made, it doesn't matter what emotions I'm feeling day to day because kind of what we were saying earlier, I will struggle with confidence here and there. It's it's kind of an emotional thing, mm-hmm. but commitment can be made regardless. And that's yeah. something that, wow. that helps me move through the emotions or that kind of internal tug of war. Yeah. Have you, like when you were a younger girl, like did you, were people saying like, oh, Chelsea, you're, you know you're bossy or you're confident or you're like I mean is this something that like (laughs) this is part of who you are and as you're growing older you're like wow Mm -hmm. look at me step into these roles Mm -hmm. um who did you see when you were younger like who who told you that was okay or who showed you that that was Mm. okay you know it it actually was more of the opposite I think when we're Mm. younger we will innately be who we are, Mm -hmm. like who we're born to be, our natural energy types. But what's so fascinating about that to me is when we're being those ways, it makes other people uncomfortable. And as much as our parents love us, as much as our, you know, older (laughs) adults in our lives loves us as children, when we are embracing that, for whatever reason, it sets off some kind of trigger button in people and they kind of suppress those things about you. So a child who's more energetic and bubbly and happy and fun yeah. will often be told, you need to be more serious or you need to calm down mm-hmm. or you need to be quiet. Yeah. And then for a child who is more you know, stern or more serious or more exact, they're going to be told, you need to have more fun. Yeah. Hey, why, why don't you smile once uh, in a while? You know what uh, I mean? Uh, so for me, with my energy type being very big and very fast, mm-hmm. was always, you need to slow down, right? Mm-hmm. You need to just slow down. And then another energy type um, is a child who's maybe really slow and likes to do things very methodically. That child's going to be told, hey, you need to pick up the pace. Yeah. You need to hurry, hurry up. up. Yeah. And so it really doesn't kind of matter where you fall. For the most part, I believe that that as children, we innately – are who we are and we're more natural to be in that energy type and it's going to be very common that you're going to have someone tell you there's something wrong with that yeah. or at least that's how you're interpreting it wow. so with my natural energy type being that fast-paced mover leader trailblazer and then being told you're too much mm. you're too loud you're going too fast you kind of carry that. I kind of carry that into my older years. Now as an adult, what I've had to work through is letting go of the fear or this feeling of who I innately am isn't good enough Mm -hmm. or there's something wrong with being, you know, fast and big and loud. Mm -hmm. And there's not. Yes. So who showed me it was okay was learning through people who told me it wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. So basically giving myself permission and showing myself that it's okay to be who I naturally am. Because there are incredible leaders in all of those different energy types. Yeah. Yeah. And the best leaders that I've ever experienced and have known or studied have been ones that lean into their natural energy type. They're not trying to be something that they're not. Mm. And I think to answer your question – 
it's because they've given themselves the permission to be who they are and then lead from that that natural energy yeah well that's it folks (laughs) she just like nailed it oh my gosh that's beautiful and and I think that's a lot of what so Shelby and I previously sat down and we had a conversation so typically how um our conversations work is we pick a topic or we ask ourselves a question and then we journal on it separately Mm. and then we come together and we talk about what we how we felt did we learn something when we journaled yeah Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then we'll try to find like one or two other people to like expand you know ours isn't the only perspective so like you know yeah how does anybody else feel so when we sat down we had our conversation that was a lot a lot of what we found Mm. was that we had this idea of what leadership was and then as we experienced those roles we were like wait a second no I disagree I think we could do it differently but it's the the idea of yeah and instead of like okay you have to be an extrovert you have to be confident you have to be this and that it's like no I can show up how I am and the Mm. things that I have to give actually really benefit my community when I learn that I am enough or I'm okay to show up how I am Mm. Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. everything is I'm like oh my gosh it kind of blew my mind a little bit because when when Chris and I were having our conversation I had said like there are examples of leadership because people showed up for you, they encouraged you, and there's also like ways or lessons of leadership that you learn when somebody didn't show up for you or they kind of didn't, squashed you. Yeah, told maybe, you calm down, be quiet. Yeah, like told you that you were too much and like sometimes like they're so it's interesting that you've said cuz I think that I'm on that journey of this letting go. Letting go mm-hmm. of what was told to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes like when you really follow an emotion all the way to the root, some of those roots for me are 5 years old. Like they're oh, yeah. really young. Yep. Um and it can be confusing to sift through that, especially when I open up and be vulnerable with other people who are willing to meet me at that vulnerability, I learned that there's similarities in our struggles, even though we have different experiences. Like, yeah, maybe we um, like when you said, like being told that you were too much, there was this part of me where I'm like, I fear that I'm too much. Mm-hmm. And like, if you fear that you're too much and if like, I don't think you're too much, like, you know what I mean? Like, and like when we share this piece of, maybe parts of ourselves that feel shameful or feel icky there's more there's more to learn there I guess yeah, is what yeah. I'm trying to say mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. so I love that you touched on this sometimes we learn of the type of leadership that or who we want to be because of a hard thing that happened mm-hmm. and finding gratitude as you get older for that past has been big so I think it's great that you're on this journey of letting go and Ultimately, showing up for yourself is maybe the message that I'm taking from you. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to be there for you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> how, <laughs> you just hit it on the head. So how did you, can you walk us through how you, maybe maybe you're not 100%, maybe you're not perfect all the time at it, but mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. how did you come to recognize and realize and what were some of the things you did to learn to like, let go of those things that didn't feel true to you and show up? how you are like mm. maybe what are a few of the tools you've used or processes okay. you've gone through I'll, I'll share a couple I think the principle overall and then I'll share a couple of them is just the desire to do it so mm-hmm. back to the commitment right mm. of say you know what I'm committed to showing up for myself yeah even though I have no idea what it looks like I have no idea how I'm going to do it mm-hmm. and I have no idea what changes I'm going to have to make or like fears or things I'm going to have to face, but I'm committed to showing up for myself. Yeah. So in hindsight, truthfully at the time, I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to commit to this. In hindsight, I can see that's the principle that helped move me Mm. through that. Yeah. Because I would read a book or I'd, you know, take a program or I'd learn about this or I'd work on my spirituality and my Mm -hmm. connection with God, the universe, with, with, you know, all of these different things. But it was because I had this commitment mm-hmm. to let go. Yeah. So it's like a controlled surrender. Yeah. That's what I learned about with surrender. So yeah. if you want to talk about <laughs> letting go, right, with your question, how do you let go of those things? Yeah. I've learned it's 
a commitment to letting go. So even though in this moment, I might not be able to let go of this thing, I am committed to letting it go. Yeah. Right. Whoa, you're blowing my mind. Yeah. Almost giving yourself grace. So like you're allowing yourself, you're saying maybe there is something that you're holding on to or a quality that's not serving you. Mm -hmm. And let's say it's losing your temper. And you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't want to be losing my temper. But in a moment where like you just lost your temper, Mm -hmm. you're saying, okay, that's okay. I'm going to do better next time. I'm going to continue to show up so that it will soon be behind me. It's not yet behind me, but it's that commitment of it being gone. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like it might take me a day. It might take me a week. It might take me a year. Time's irrelevant, right, to the commitment because – Commitment means I'm doing this, right? And then when you do that, nothing stands in your way. Wow. You're like invigorating me right now. I'm like, (laughs) yes. Okay. Cool. We, one of the books that you, you recommended several really good books to me. Mm -hmm. One of them that you recommended I really liked was um, The Obstacle Becomes the Way. Mm, And I think that, yeah, that's like a lot of what you're talking about, right? Like, okay, I'm committing Mm -hmm. to this and I have no idea what's going to try to stop me, mm. but I'm not going to let it. And maybe not even knowing how courageous that was at the beginning, right? Like you probably had no idea how much courage you're going to have to like dig up. Mm-hmm. It was just this, maybe a simple idea of like, I want to be enough. Oh yeah. So and, I'm gonna try to and you take, <laughs> so the, I've learned this from a few different people. So I, I don't know where to give this credit to, but it's called the four C's of confidence okay and so there is an order to it and the first one's commitment Mm -hmm. then the second's courage and then capability and then confidence okay okay so you take the commitment just take it in bite-sized pieces because sometimes i can get afraid to take the commitment to something because then i start thinking about all the courage i'm gonna have to come up with and then i'm gonna have to start thinking of the reality of whatever i'm committing to so just being able to like really simplify it, give yourself grace yeah. and just start with that commitment piece. Yeah. So like how you said, what did you say? I, I am enough. Yeah. It's like committing to that belief of I am enough. I'm committed to believing one day, might not be today, but that I am enough. I'm committed to do whatever it takes so that I can feel like that Yeah. and wow. mean it. Right. So it's not like a yeah. empty affirmation that I'm telling myself in a mirror. Yeah. Like I'm committed to being someone who truly believes that I am enough. Yeah. Yes. For example. Yeah. Okay. So um okay, so the principle you just explained, maybe what are some of the it what are some of the processes? Is it like just learn like reading and searching out people who are maybe demonstrating that or is it more like a spiritual process or is it yeah, all yeah, of yeah. it? Like, I think it's living. So first live in the moment, right? And just take it like one bite at a time, one step yeah. at a time. So I was going to share a couple of things that worked really well for me. Yeah. Okay. Reading really helps me. So just mm-hmm. when you know better, you can do better. Yep. And so finding that balance between educating myself, but then also not just numbing out with just reading a bunch of stuff and never mm. applying it. Yeah. Like that's not going to help. Yeah. I had a mentor tell me one time, this is really great advice. If you're trying to work on something, like whatever it is, he said, you don't ever need to read more than two, maybe three books on the topic before mm. you've you've consumed all of the principles that you need to know for yeah. that topic. Oh, yeah. and I like that. So I took that to heart. He was a professional mentor, so he meant it for things with business. Yeah. but. I found it to be true with the things I try to improve on and work on in my own personal life. Yeah. So it's really helped me stay out of like a healing loop where I'm constantly trying to fix myself. Yeah. And actually mm. really focus in on following through with whatever commitment it was that I made yeah. with, with that. So I will pray about it. It's definitely a spiritual journey. Yeah. But with whatever commitment is, and this comes back to leadership. I'm kind of all over the board no, right no, now. No, no, this Sorry. is perfect. It, no, yeah, it's yeah. all connected. So It really is. I know my mind's all like connecting all these dots now. But with leadership, what it means to me is vision, mm-hmm. right? It's vision and then it's inspiration. 
So vision is being able to see the outcome. So with commitment, it's like, hey, I'm committed to this outcome, even though I don't know how I'm going to get there. And then the other aspect of it is inspiration. So whether you're inspiring yourself or people you're with, then you inspire through that process to get to that outcome. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's what leadership means to me. So it's like personal leadership and having that personal discipline to navigate myself through whatever I'm trying to improve on or learn. Yeah. So I'm very clear about what it is I'm trying to accomplish. Okay. Yeah. And you go deep. You go like five levels deep. I like to do Mm. this exercise called five levels why. So Mm, start wherever you can. Like if you feel this desire in you to go somewhere and to be somewhere or to do something or to work on something, ask the question why. Why do I want to feel better? Oh, because if I feel better, then I'll be happier. Well, why do you want to be happier? Because when I'm happier, I'm able to live my life purpose. Well, why do you want to live your life purpose? Right. So you kind of just boil it down. Mm, uh, And then when you get to that, like that root level of why I want to do this thing, then you have that clear vision of where you're going. The things that I like to do are read. So I'll find two or three really good books. I tend to just Google them or look on audio. I really love Audible. Mm -hmm. And I'll look for a book that has the highest star review rating and then lots of quantity of reviews. Okay. So it's super popular. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then I'll, and then I'll read them and really not get caught up on trying to understand every little bit of it. I just really try and listen and let my, my soul soak up what it needs to. Yeah. I get this thing. You guys get spirit tingles, right? Like spirit oh. goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody yeah. does. <laughs> so I let that guide me. Like I let that help me see when a point comes up where it's like you need to hear this or this is going to help you yeah and that's the part where I think the spiritual aspect of it for for me is in it from beginning to finish yeah wow the spirit tingles yeah Mm -hmm. I'm taking that (laughs) I love that so you you've kind of explained that to me like you listen to the pings right like Mm -hmm. you like get a ping and you're like okay this is the path I'm supposed to take yeah it kind of reminds me yeah the pings I've heard it like the pings of the universe, like listening to (laughs) that like little, like that seed of intuition is like, ah, shoot. All right. There we go. Sometimes I'll get a, there it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Or also. Way cooler than mine. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing is like hearing it more than once. Like you like hear an idea and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then when in a short period of time you like hear it again, you're like, okay, I see that again. And then you hear Mm -hmm. it and you're just like okay, you're trying to tell me something. Sure, yep. I'll listen. I, yeah. I swear to you, the universe talks in threes, right? Like you oh. hear something and it sticks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you see, I don't know. Sometimes like when I'm looking for meaning, I can find meaning in like my my playlist is shuffled and this certain song comes on and it yeah. makes me think of this thing. And yep. I'm like, oh, shoot, there's number two, right? And then somebody else mentions it. But that's funny that you say that. Like when you get those spirit tingles, like you you become aware of something. And then if that comes back two more yeah. times to me, I'm like, okay, there's my three. I hear it. And yeah. then I got to do it, right? It's like, oh, I just got to be brave enough to do the thing that mm-hmm. my soul is telling me to yeah. do. I love that. <laughs> I think when you explained the process of asking yourself why five times, that seem, that in and of itself seems like a very spiritual. Yeah. Because like really kind of getting down to like, who you are and like what you truly desire, which I feel like is a spiritual, I don't know, concept or feeling to have. So I really, Absolutely. I really like that too. And it's not specific religious thing, but like just intuitively like, no, really, why do you really want that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I like that. And it kind of gets rid of the, well, then I'll look good okay well why do you want to look look good good. yeah it it kind of gets rid of Mm -hmm. the I don't know the secular the vain things I guess but do you think that maybe it gives you an invitation to take the wool off of your own eyes and see yourself as you are like seeing it as a pain for longing or or belonging or acceptance love you know like I think like sometimes like asking yourself why feels vulnerable because 
and you kind of touched on it too, like in our childhood, like maybe you've been told all of these things or been shown ways of what success looks like and if it feels different for you, it feels scary even being honest with that where you're not a part of the crowd, that you're Mm -hmm. out of the crowd because everybody just wants to be in the crowd, right? Yeah. So sometimes when you ask yourself that question, you're just – being vulnerable with yourself and when I was younger that was Mm -hmm. maybe the hardest person to be the most vulnerable with was Mm -hmm. myself yeah so like asking those deeper questions I think is sometimes maybe counterintuitive to what we grew up with knowing what was okay maybe yeah Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. yeah no that reminds me of one of the questions you had prepped me with before which was what are the main values you base your leadership on Mm. And one of them is accountability. Yes. And preach that what you just described shows me what I can be accountable for. Mm. Okay. It gets to the root of what's mine to actually own. Right. Yeah. So anytime that I think the problem is outside of me, that thinking right there is the problem. Mm. Mm. Oh, tell me more. Go deeper. Yeah. Well, it's like I've always noticed this with people, friends or strangers. I'm like, it's so interesting that this very same situation is like killing me. But when I tell you about it, you might connect with it some way and feel some sort of way or you might not even think about it in two minutes from now. But it's the same situation. Yeah. But it's like the stories and the ways that I'm relating to this situation that are causing the issues inside of me. So what that's teaching me is there's obviously something in me that's causing me to perceive this situation this kind of way that's making me feel this pain, Yeah. right? And when I'm in a victim mode, because I can, you know, move in and out of it depending on what situation it is, I hate hearing that. Yeah. I'm like, whatever, you know? (laughs) This person absolutely hurt me by yeah. doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm 100% right <laughs> in this situation. And that might very well logically be the case. Mm-hmm. Sure. But when it comes down to it, it's like I own my internal experience. Like this is mine, right? Mm. The only thing we really truly have is our agency. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like you can take everything away from me. Mm-hmm. It's the whole mentality of everyone quotes this all the time, but Victor Frankl, mm-hmm. like he, that's a massive, huge example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And the principles are the same. It's like, you can take anything away from me and anything can be taken away from me. I have no control over, you know, people who leave my life or people who die or losing a job or natural disasters, you know, breakups or yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly how I choose to live in this very moment and caring about how I feel, that's me. That's on me, mm-hmm. right? One of the principles of leadership or one of the principles of just being able to lead my life in a way that I'm proud of is taking accountability for the things that are mine to take accountability for. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for um, individuals to take accountability? That seems very brave. That seems against mm. against the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a word that we we all know and understand, but that that is a value that takes steps. That takes it's practice. Yep. I think there can be a fear to do that. Well, well, maybe let me let me let me say this other one. It's easier to hold on to those things. Because it's comfortable. Mm. It's easier to hold on to, you know, okay, okay. It's easier for me to blame you for my unhappiness because if I don't do that and I have no one to blame, then I have to take accountability yeah. for that. And that's right. not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I blame you, then you need to do something about it and I can just keep going yep. on. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do don't- anything about it when it's your fault. Yeah. I don't have to go into these parts of my heart or these parts of my soul that are uncomfortable or that make me feel some kind of way. It's so much easier to blame. So then I don't have to face Mm. that because for whatever reason it it hurts, but there's Mm. nothing wrong 
with hurt. And I'm, I'm Christian. And one of the scriptures I love talks about how he asks us for a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Mm -hmm. And so just having a broken heart and a contrite spirit just allows that love into my life. And you can apply that to any belief system, Mm -hmm. truly, if you think about it, just, you know, and I also believe in the all loving universe and the times that I've experienced total love and just healing and acceptance from the universe and from God has been from approaching it from a space of like, okay, my heart is broken and I'm okay with that. And my spirit is contrite. I'm open. I'm willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Like I'm willing to face these hard truths about, about myself. I don't know why it's such a scary place, but it just seems easier, I guess, to hold on to those, yeah. those things about blame. It is easier to be in a victim mindset. A lot of examples around us have have been that very thing, right? Like, I think it's almost millennial to be, like, working on yourself and to be, maybe not, but it's becoming more mainstream, I guess, to be, so to say. A few things I love about you and like this vibe of your leadership that I get that I'm I'm making up my own stories because it's like the energy you're sending me. Right. And I'm like, I love it. But part of it is one of the things or how you're explaining this is very emotional and personal. And I feel like that goes very against my original idea of leadership. Leadership is not emotional. Leadership is black and white. Leadership is just concrete. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I I feel like there is a narrative of like women maybe aren't great in leadership positions because they're so emotional. And as I'm hearing you explain how you get to your values of leadership, I'm like, I want to be on your team. Yeah. I want to work with you. I want you to lead me and guide me through whatever, you know, towards whatever goal we're going to. Like, I love that. It sounds, you know, desirable in my mind. And so maybe, and especially in your line of work, I feel like, is marketing like, do you have a lot of females that you work with? Do you have female peers? Do you have female superiors? Like, what is that that field like for you? Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. comfortable do you feel showing up in a personal and emotional way. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean emotional like crying. Mm. Oh, But maybe sometimes. But emotional Mm -hmm. like accountable and and committed. Yep. And yeah, explain some of that. Such a great question because the marketing industry has been so good for my soul to really Mm -hmm. learn and appreciate the differences between men and women. Mm -hmm. So marketing is primarily men right now. The industry, especially in leadership, they're just yeah. primarily dudes. Yeah. And um, I'm really grateful to work where I work right now because I work with closely with a lot of the male leaders and they're trying. Like they're really trying to, you know, have more gender equality. Yeah. In a, not for the sake of gender equality, though, but because they genuinely want to understand. They genuinely realize that they have blind spots. Mm. Well, and also like who who like is the majority of the spender, like in the household or in the communities i feel like women are spending a lot of money (laughs) if you don't understand like what we're what we're pulled to like how are you going to market to us and give us a message that's such a good point yeah absolutely i love that i gotta understand where we're coming from because we're like Mm -hmm. have you just got paid Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) seriously i love it okay sorry i did interrupt but you're you're saying like the the men you're working with are they're genuinely trying to work towards this equality because they they really want to one big thing that's really helped me is recognizing that I have my own blind spots too. Like we as women have our, our blind spots when it comes to connecting with men. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that's really helped me showing up in a you know white collar setting and be able to have these kinds of conversations with other leaders is recognize that they are people too. Mm. And, and I'm looking at someone who also had a wound when they were five, right? Oh, yeah. Somebody who also struggles with things just differently than I do because there are differences between men and women Mm -hmm. and they work really well together. So I'm really grateful that I've been able to be in this kind of environment because it's really helped me learn a lot about that, learn a lot about the dynamics, how to navigate it well. And a big part of that is accountability. So it's like showing up in a way where 
if something isn't okay, I'm owning that, hey, I'm not okay with this and here's why. And that's very different than, hey, I'm not okay with this and it's your fault and you need to fix it. Mm. Right? Yeah. yeah. So the difference between, and I don't know what that is, like with women showing up and then voicing something and having everyone be like, you're too emotional to, <laughs> you know, to do this. That's a thing. That yeah. happens. And it's yeah. happened to a few of my female colleagues it's happened to me too, just being accused of being too too emotional. And then I had a time in my career where I hated hearing that. I was so over it and I swung to the other side of the pendulum mm-hmm. to where then I was taking pride in having my male colleagues tell me, you've got the biggest balls in the room. Mm-hmm. Or you're like, stone ha- cold, girl. You're stone. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, you're you're too logical about this situation, right? Yeah. And I realized that's not true to my nature. It's yeah. not. And it was freaking killing me. Yeah. And I couldn't be my full potential as a leader when I'm trying to be this like way that I think other people want me to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've spent some time in this extreme and I've spent some time in this extreme. And I've really been working on probably about the last year and a half being here, being centered yeah. mm-hmm. with recognizing I am a human being and I experience emotions for a reason and being able to own those in a way that's very accountable while still being able to lead in a way that's effective yeah so it reminds me of a visual of if you're walking a dog like a big strong slobbery gnarly dog are you walking the dog or is the dog walking you Mm. so that's how i check myself with my emotional state because sometimes i'll get an email and my emotions will just be like through the roof. Yeah. Right. I'll be like, and the dog is walking me at this point. So I'm <laughs> going to not respond, mm. do whatever kind of work I got to do to process through this. Yeah. Be in a calm space, get to a level head and then handle that. What's also been cool about this kind of practicing it and focusing in on it and getting better at it is that I am able to enter into situations that used to really upset me that don't anymore. Oh, cool. So like my capacity to deal with situations that are tough or challenging, my capacity to even receive feedback that's hard to hear, that's grown. Yeah, cool. And that's something that I really value with working with things that are challenging yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like in a space where the dog is walking you? And like, how do you regain that control of yourself? Like, what are some tools that have helped you along the way that maybe some of our listeners are like, I want to be more like Chelsea. Mm. What, yeah. what I want to walk do? the dog. Right. Yeah. I want to walk the dog. I just want to walk the dog. <laughs> Leave it alone. Okay. Leave it alone. That's That's been life-changing for me so when I notice my emotions are just there yeah and the boat is rocking I just leave it alone I don't text I don't call I don't email Mm -hmm. I don't go to my friend or to my mom I leave it alone yeah whoa you just leave it alone so it's like moment of discomfort it affects you in whatever way. And instead of like, okay, that's it. I got to get rid of this. It. I got to yeah. fix it. Gotta I got to get rid of this discomfort. I got to. Instead, it's like, okay, I'm just going to sit with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just, as Brene Brown says, embrace the suck. Yeah. Yep. I'm just going to be like, you know what? I hate this. And this sucks. Yeah. And I'm just going to chill here for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not going to worry about. What does this mean for that? Or what does this mean for that? Yes. There's going to be time for that. Trust me. Yeah. But you want to be in a level-headed space to make those decisions. You want to be in a space where I love T.D. Jakes. He's a Pentecostal Christian bishop. Mm-hmm. He talks about commanding calmness to come inside of you. So I want to be in a space where I command that calmness to come yeah. in me yeah. and then make decisions from that space. So while the boat is rocking, don't make decisions. Yeah. Let it settle. It will settle and you can handle it from there. Do you think that there is a massive fear that it's not going to settle? Like if it feels like this now, Mm -hmm. this is how it's always going to feel. It is how it's always felt. How could I think that I would feel different in the future? Mm. Well, I would ask, I would ask myself if I found that self, if I found myself in that situation, I would ask, 
well, have you tried it yet? Have you tried to just leave it alone and see what happens? Yeah. Because that's a big fear and that's yeah. so real. And that's a great way of our brain, I think, trying to get us to be like, whoa, you're trying to do something we've never done before. It's a very like physiological thing mm -hmm. for us to approach our problems in a certain way. It's been hardwired into our brains since we were children. Because going back to like your childhood wound, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. You learned how to survive because of these emotions that you felt that were triggered by something a parent said or a look a grandparent gave you or with all the best intentions. But then you literally are wiring your brain to respond yeah. to that in a certain way. Yeah. So now in adulthood, we take that and respond to these adult situations from our mm -hmm. five-year-old perspective or mm -hmm. our seven-year-old perspective. Yeah. And so when we all of a sudden interrupt that process and do something different, your brain starts to freak the freak out. It's like, what are you doing? Seriously. So like that's that is probably exactly what will happen. If you've never approached a situation like that before, like a trigger that got you super emotional. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm going to use my agency and I'm going to choose to leave this alone. Your brain will kick in and be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You're going to yeah. You're going to just leave this alone. <laughs> Are you serious? I think my brain is doing that right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. uh, uh girl, ain't going to work for you. Yeah. Like don't even think about I'm it. I'm going to use know? my sharp tongue. I'm going to cut this down and we ain't going to worry about this anymore. <laughs> well, I'm going to fix it. Yeah. I'm going to fix this. And, and if you don't fix it, I'm going to replay all the worst case scenarios yeah. in uh, your brain up until two in the morning until you uh -huh. freaking fix it. Until yeah. you text this person or tell yes. this person yeah. that or you go do this or you go do that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But yes. it's like being able to recognize I'm not my thoughts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to leave it alone. That's like step number one. I'm not saying like leave it alone. Yeah. And then not like, you oh, know. just like block out everything and become numb. And never come no. back to it. But, for, uh -uh. but yeah. for a moment when it's so fiery and like buzzy on the inside, just – allowing yourself to sit with it for a second. And I think giving yourself that time allows you to see, oh, it's not what this person said. It's my fear about what that person, or it's the story I'm telling myself about what that person oh, said. Or could, like yeah. the narrative I've associated with this outcome that I'm assuming to. But you need you need space and you need yeah, time space. to mm -hmm. recognize that yep. without just respond, respond, get rid of pain, get rid of pain. Uh, you know what? Um, something that I'm working on with my therapist is the difference between a reaction versus a response. Mm. And my brain logically gets that. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, Joe. And then <laughs> I'm in a moment and everything that you're describing, right? Like that dog is walking me. Anything from that space is a reaction. Like is that. Oh. So I love that um, the, the commanding of calmness allows you that time and space to cultivate a response. Yes. And so you're kind of blowing my mind right now because I'm like, wait, this is something I'm really actively working on. Mm. And you brought it to me in a different visual of understanding where you're not leaving it alone. Like maybe in the moment you're sure, but you're not because I've done that a lot in my life. Ooh, I don't want to talk about this. So I'm going to swing to the other side because I'm not that way. I'm going to run from this essentially. Right, 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 um, right, right. And so you're not saying that. No. You're saying that feeling that's inside of you, like that's okay, don't chase it. And a lot of the reactions or the where the dog is walking you is that that chasing of I'm not going to let this go. I can't. I need to fix this. I need to solve. Yeah. Or yeah. even like you, you bring up a great point. It's not even just the external situation that triggered that internal emotional reaction yeah. to that. It's I'm going to leave this internal emotional reaction alone, right? It's yes. I'm not going to try and fix the way I'm feeling about the situation because mm -hmm. we want resolution. That's why yeah. we do that, right? We want to, whether it's because we want to stand up for ourselves or we want to, you know, fix something because we made a mistake yeah. or something like that. If you really kind of look at it, it's usually because you're having some kind of emotional trigger happening inside of you and you think that by doing these different things, it's going to make this feel better. Mm -hmm. So that's what you want to leave alone. It's like, no, just leave it alone and yeah. just let it be what it is. Sit with it. Yeah. It's going to pass. It. I promise. Like Nothing is permanent. Right. Nothing right. is permanent. Mm-hmm. 
I think one of the things that's really hard for women in the workforce or women in leadership is I think we we think we have to okay when I'm at work I got to show up in like this work way and it's different than home lady or like this is different than mom like I have to show up as a whole new different person Mm, like you're stepping into something to be acceptable or to like go with this flow but what I really like what you're saying is like no you know that mom version of you that home version of you like that's the same version of you and learning how to integrate that into like a leadership position or like in the business world. Like you don't have yeah. to be someone you're not. Nope. That's why it's so difficult and stressful. Yeah. And and one thing you reminded me of, I did a survey of people on yes. authenticity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's kind of what we're talking about is showing your authentic self, right? Yeah. And one piece of data that came up in the research was that we struggle with being authentic in certain situations and especially with being in the professional scene. Mm-hmm. Like how mm-hmm. do you be your authentic self there? Mm-hmm. Because there's, you know, that belief of like, I need to look this way or this way mm-hmm. in my job. Yeah. Right. And if I be my authentic self here, I'm getting fired. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> and, or it might not even be appropriate. Right. Yeah. So one thing that has really that really speaks to that is coming back to the agency and the choice piece. We're realizing you don't have to be your authentic self in front of everybody. So it's taking this step of asking myself, do I actually want this person to experience my authentic self? Mm. Do I actually care? And I guarantee you, you will have a yes and a no. It's very simple. Like there'll be people that you're like, you just ask that question do I want to engage authentically here? Do I actually want to? And then it's going five levels deep. If you if it's a yes, it's like, okay, well, why? Yeah. Because it's usually, for me, I don't really care about being accepted by my male colleagues at work. I don't. Yeah. But when I got down to like the root of that, it was like, I really want love, joy, and connection with the men in my life, like the men I actually care about. Yeah. So – the principle there that really helps me show up in a way that I feel confident about at work is recognizing that I have the choice to show you my authentic self and being authentic in this situation or like showing all of me is actually a gift. So anytime Mm -hmm. that you show that to somebody, you're giving them that gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you get to decide if you actually even want to. So I love that because it takes the pressure off of my shoulders of I need to be authentic mm-hmm. in all situations at all times with all people. Yeah. And what I'm talking about isn't inconsistency. It's not pretending to be one way here and pretending to be one way there. It's inside of me, I'm being who I am. Yeah. And in these situations, I trust myself enough to know how I am going to engage with you yeah. and what I get to give you yeah. in terms of our exchange with each other. So at home, I'm going to be this way because I want to be. Yeah. And at work, I'm actually going to show up and do these things because I'm choosing to be this way. Mm. Yeah. Not because I'm afraid that you won't accept me if I don't. Yeah. I could show up and do the very same actions. But if I'm coming from that intention and that space of I am choosing to show up this way, Versus I'm choosing to show up this way because I'm afraid you'll fire me or you'll reject me if I act this way. Mm, yeah. Those are two completely different yeah. experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Like one is fear-based, right? Like, and the yeah. other is that choice that that agency that you're talking about that we all have within us. It's it's choosing to step into that power maybe is what I'm hearing a lot out of that is sometimes it's that decision of. Well, finding your why and then working from there, like working from your why instead of trying to work outside of it. That's big. Yeah. Well, it's that like feels really big. It's a sense of self-worth versus a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. I have to show up a certain way or I lose my job or they'll think I'm not good enough or they'll judge me versus I am who I am. And when you, you know, when there's like a mutual respect and I feel safe, then then I can be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When there's mutual respect and yeah. I feel safe and I can I can let those parts out. Yeah. But I'm not not letting them out because I'm afraid of what you'll think about me. It's right. because I've 
I can see this for what it is. I've stepped out of my emotions. I've stepped back yeah. and looked at it. And I see this isn't a space for me to be my yeah. authentic self. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because I see it and I'm choosing that. Yeah. So you're stepping out of that victim mentality and into one of personal power. Yeah. It's really cool. Mm, yeah. Tapping into that personal power. I mean, I'm sitting across this table from you. I feel so drawn to you. I feel so drawn to your energy, everything that you're cultivating. I feel I'm like there has been a lot of work done on your end in order to like get to that space. And what do you feel are your most called upon tools to keep you in a space that you're proud of at night? Like, how do you feel good about yourself in all levels of your life? If you would have asked me this question a couple of weeks ago, I would have told you like a laundry list of things that I do. And, and, I, and I will also share some of those things that have helped me get to where I'm at. Yeah. But where I'm at currently in my process and what I'm learning is how about I stop trying to fix myself and just surrender already? Mm. Mm. So it's, it's moving out of that space of feeling like something's wrong with me. Mm. And then just letting myself be who I am. Because like you were saying earlier, it's letting go, right? It's not like I'm broken and wounded and this needs to be like fixed. It's letting go of things. It's letting go of things that don't let me be who I am, that help. It's letting go of things that keep me from being healed. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just, I had to start that with that because that's been like mind blowing to me. Yeah. I, I've learned that because I just went through an experience where I felt like I did something wrong, right? Where I felt like, oh man, something's wrong with me. Like I need to fix this. Mm. So I went to a mentor, shared with him what was happening. And I'm like, how do I let go of this thing that I did in the past years ago? Right? Because I'm afraid, like, what if it happens again? Mm. Right? Even though all the evidence would prove I'm done with my past, all of the behaviors and the choices I've made and continue to make would prove that I'm done with it and I'm a different person, right? I still had this belief of, well, maybe there's something inside of me that's still broken. And so my question to him was, how do I figure out what that thing is so I can take it through my process, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, okay, I got to fix this and I got to read books about it and then I got to focus on it and pray about it. Yeah. He stopped me and he said, Chelsea, you have a faulty core belief that there's something in you that is inherently broken and that needs to be fixed and it will come out sometime in the future. He said, you just need to let yourself be the new creature that you are. So I think that is so important for anyone who feels drawn to this kind of work or feels drawn to doing these kinds of things. You have to have this tool in your tool belt that while you're working on some of these things, there will come a point in time where you got to just let yourself be who you are. Mm-hmm. You got to let yourself be healed. You got to let yourself forgive yourself for the past. Mm-hmm. Like there comes a point in time where you got to look at yourself and be like I'm not broken. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with me. Right? And that doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm perfect and yeah. I'm enlightened and no, I have ascended yeah. to perfection. No. It just means that you're accepting yourself where you're at so you can continue to grow and build on top of that yeah what was what blew my mind recently is I realized because I love growth Mm -hmm. right I love just becoming the best person I can be and it really blew my mind to realize that that very desire being fueled by the motivation of I'm not good enough there's something wrong with me or I'll never be able to overcome those things. So that's why I need to work on it. That's exactly what was preventing me and getting in my way of being able to continue to grow. So now I'm in a space of where I'm letting that go. Yeah. And I'm motivated to grow and to learn because I want to grow and learn and no other reason. Yeah. Like moving into that space is so different. It approaches growth yeah. from a space of actually I love who I am. And I'm going to build on top of this. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. As you were explaining, that was so <laughs> gorgeous, by the way. That, like, as you were explaining, like, the picture that I had in my head was, like, let's say you're at level ground. 
instead of like spending so much time and energy like digging like digging things out like getting rid and like you're going like you know into a negative space mm. instead of being at your level ground and then being able to you know climb on top of that mountain of all the dirt you've already dug up like you're mm. going up mm-hmm. instead of like continuing to like dig inside like i'm broken i'm wrong i'm not good enough like just being able to say level ground instead of like sinking you know totally. mm-hmm. but man that was beautiful yeah, I think that you really nailed it on the head with that needing to fix. Like, I'm not wrong at who I am, but my soul does crave growth and yes. expansion. And that's yeah. okay. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I have to be broken mm-hmm. in right. order to want those things. Yes, yes. yes sister. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things I mentioned I love about your leadership is how personal and how vulnerable you are and how that, like, just I think fortifies your leadership. The other thing I really like and appreciate about how you show up is it always seems like uh, Michelle Obama. She says, you know, when you walk through the door, you leave the door open, the door of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. So I always feel like you're learning and you're growing. And then like, there's this thing inside of you that's like, okay, come with me come with like your your support and empowerment of the women in your community and around you. I just feel like, good lord girl that's what it's all about so like what where does that come from where is that drive like you did you sent a survey to me i was able to fill out and like i'm i was getting ready to interview so i'm looking at these questions in a different way like whoa what a (laughs) self-actualized person i don't know but like very supportive and empowering of the women in your community where does that come from like how is that part of who you are like why are you like why are you driven to that how are you so mm, good at that i I don't know if I'm, I have a passion for it for sure. I don't, I I couldn't tell you maybe where it came from other than I just know that it's there. Yeah. But I love, I love sisterhood. I love women. I love that connection that we have. I love that femininity, Mm -hmm. the power that's there in the divine feminine. Holy, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And really tapping into that and embracing it and cultivating it. So I was at Vasa last week, the gym, and I walked into the studio just to work out by myself. And I walked in and all the lights were off. So I thought, okay, it's empty. No, it was like I walked into downtown Salt Lake, like a club. The music was bumping and there was was full of women and Uh they were twerking and they were like, it, they were like, it was, it's, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and it was a hip hop class. So it was like, like Zumba, but it was hip hop. So everyone was doing it in unison. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like they're like and learning a dance like, together. Yeah. And the, there was like fans blowing. So everyone had their hair down. Beyonce like, style. It was just like flowing. And of course we had a couple gay best friends in there too. So it was just like the energy. I was just consumed with it and so I'm like I am doing this so I stayed danced I was laughing I was just (sighs) and I just would stop and I'd look around me and just all these women were going for it they were all passionate and like I'm not a great dancer so I was awkward but I didn't care and so many other women didn't care either but so many different women shapes sizes colors heights backgrounds ages hair color but there was an energy there that I'm like this is what I'm drawn to. This is incredible. And it was that mm. energy of like sisterhood, mm-hmm. yeah. of femininity. I probably looked like an idiot because after the class, I went up to the instructor and I was like, what is this magic? She's <laughs> 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 like, it's a hip hop class. Thursdays <laughs> like, at 7 p.m. I was like, I'll be here. I'll be here. But I don't know where it comes from. I just feel called to it. Yeah. And I think that's important when you're looking in your life is like, what are you called to? So I would see other people in my life that I'd envy their calls. I'd look at them and I'd be like, oh, I wish I had a call to do that. That looks incredible. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason that I feel that envy in hindsight was because I have my own calling that I haven't yet tapped into. Mm. Otherwise, if I didn't, I wouldn't care. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like if I see someone, I'm envious of that or I'm like, oh man, or even I admire that. Like I really admire that in that yeah. person. That's because there's that in you 
That's why you feel that, right? That's what I believe. And so now that I've really touched with what my calling is or my passion or my purpose, um, I can appreciate that in other people. And I don't feel like something's missing in me when I see other people Mm -hmm. have their passion and their purpose. I'm Mm -hmm. not like, oh, I wish I had because I found mine, Yeah. Yeah. right? And when you're having that like ache of like, oh, I wish I had that calling or that purpose, that is your calling and your purpose calling you to it. Yeah, right. Mm. to join. Yes. Come on. It's like, hey, I'm right here. Just like find me. I'm like inside of you. Just ask the right questions. Just take a minute to like, you know, work through it and find it. And then you kind of move forward. And I'm still, you know, figuring it out what that looks like. You learn by experiencing life and like doing things and then noticing how it makes you feel. Yeah. You've talked a lot about, you're almost describing like a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. instead of thinking that this one person so in my schooling like when we when I was taking some photography classes uh, a big lesson that stuck out to me by one of my professors was like just believe that there's enough clients to go around for everybody so instead of looking at you know this photographer and believing that and seeing the work that they do like maybe you like this photographer because they have this really funky style or you like the experience that they're cultivating or like you also want to be like a family photographer instead of being upset that this person is rocking it like more of seeing it as an opportunity like oh look at this person like they've opened the store for me mm-hmm. there's enough clients to go around because something that I feel that I believe is I've worked through my own struggles and I'm finding my own foundation of what I stand on is the people that I was maybe the most envious of were those that had set up a foundation, almost like what you're saying. They they had something within them that I was noticing because I too was Love called that. to that. And and sometimes our our minds can twist things, especially where we're coming from a scarcity mindset of being envious and turning it into almost this negative cultivation instead of seeing this as oh, this is telling me something about myself. Like maybe I also have a drive to be in marketing. Like, oh, instead of being mad at you about that or, you know, Mm -hmm. spreading something, it kind of opens that door of, oh, I wonder, like, what if I did that? Like, what could that look like for me? Yeah. Which is that belief of like that energy, energy, man. Like it's just there. Like you can tap into the positives or the negatives. It's that, that vibration. Yeah. It's kind of what I believe. You got a good vibe, girl. Girl. <laughs> you do. You totally do. For real. One of the things that uh, I think you really taught me mm-hmm. is it is around like that scarcity mindset versus the abundance. I think for a majority of my life, I always looked at other women as my competition. I was competing you know, for men's attention or desirability or a place at the table or like mm-hmm. whatever. Like mm-hmm. I always felt like other women were my competition. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you specifically through like all sorts of different one-liners and, and <laughs> book recommendations or whatever, what you've taught me is that other women are my sisters and that it is like a community of joy. It isn't like, oh, you did it first. It's a invitation. Like, Yeah join me. I have always felt like, oh, I can join Chelsea. I have no idea what my talent levels are compared to yours, but when I'm around you, I always feel like we can hang. We're good. We're yeah. in this together. Like I always feel so connected. Like, oh no, no, we're on the same team. Mm. And that is something that you like to my core have taught me. And so, I mean, I feel like well, what a gift you get to give to like your company and the people you work with like that camaraderie. Another thing you said I really liked was when you're making connections with the men in your workplace, you're ta- like you're meeting them on a level of humanity. Like, oh, you're another person who like has pain too, and it's different than mine, but it's the same. <laughs> so like, just meeting people like from a place of humanity and just inviting everyone to come along with you. I feel like you the shit, girl. Verrell, <laughs> Verrell. <laughs> so I I like really mean that, and I like make it funny at the end, but the. Uh, I sincerely, you you really did like 
change a huge mindset for me. Like, oh, you're my sister mm. and we're in this together. And when you succeed, I succeed mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that gift. Wow. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, I don't know where it comes from. I know why it's important. I know why it's important to me, why it's important to the women that I've crossed paths with. Mm -hmm. And with sisterhood, there's some kind of bond and connection there that just helps fill each other's cups. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I mean, when women compete against each other, that completely blocks that out, right? That completely disconnects us from our feminine hood, femininity, and it doesn't allow us to experience those benefits of connection, of connecting with our tribe, connecting Mm. with other women. And so it's so important because of all the challenges that we face as women, of all of the, you know, struggles that we come up against, things from our past, things in our current present realities, the fears that we have for the future. um, They're very unique to us, to women. They're different than those of men. Men have their own too. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about men, but (laughs) for women – we have our our special unique struggles and i've experienced that i'm sure you have too in in groups of women where we have common struggles yeah um where we connect at some level that's not of this plane like yeah. absolutely it is yeah. out of this earth and so to really promote that kind of connection between us women and to create that sisterhood is incredibly healing that gives us the encouragement, uh, the community, the power, the support, the connection to be able to really let go of some things and to face yeah. some hard truths and to move forward. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that's why it's important to me. Yeah. I know, Which right? <laughs> I wouldn't have connected that had you not said what you said to me at the end. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wait, can we just hold hands and like share a little bit of energy? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I totally relate pod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I totally relate pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.